Welcome to Free Fall Free RC Fall. Podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> we are uh, recording. We're good. We're good to go. We're good. 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 Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevon. Hey, guys. <laughs> and Andy. What's up? That's what I'd like to know. What is up? I don't know. We'll find out. Let's catch up with everyone's week in a minute, as soon as I actually say what episode this is. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, what is this? Episode number 146. Just Hanging Part 2? Just Hanging. Part 2. Part 2. Yeah. When did we do a Part 1? That was a while ago, huh? Oh, dude. I don't know. Hmm. I'm sure it was some time ago. It was, wasn't it, right? Had to be some time ago. Like, a long time ago. It was probably <laughs> about this time of the year where we ran out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. We didn't prepare for this week's episode, huh? Did we? <laughs> you know, it's podcast episodes like this where we get a reputation of just quantity and not quality. What are you talking about? This is going to be a quality episode. If you've come here for quality, God you're in the it. wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Keep browsing. Yeah, keep yeah. browsing. <laughs> keep on moving, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying was, to find. I was searching. Just hanging. Yes. Episode 77. 77. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Uh, we were very close to just being like actually, you know, double the episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah, very close. 54. So yeah, like as you're saying, that's about that time where we kind of run out of material. No, yeah, we were a little, uh, a little busy this week, huh? All yeah. of us, for the most part, I you think know. So, so we kind of, you know, not dropped the ball, I will say, but less prepared than usual, we'll say. Yeah, I know Andy's busy on his combine. Yeah, pulling corn and vegetables out of the ground and whatnot. And I know, uh-huh. Steve, you got that massive commute, and then I got the massive commute this week because I'm driving down to South Jersey. Like It's two and a half hours each way for me, and this morning I had to go to the office, and just for the fun of it, this is my fun during the week. This is what I do for fun. I set my miles on my van back to zero, and I you know, set the little trip, and I did 275 miles today <laughs> from my house to the shop to South Jersey and back home. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. And I got to do it again tomorrow. But let's uh, let's talk about something else. Yeah. So let's catch up with everyone's week. Who would like to go first? I'll go first. Sure, Kevin. Why don't you go first? I'll go first because I missed last week's show and I was bummed. Yeah. Yeah, you missed a good one. You missed Bobby a good one. Watts, dude. Such a good guy, man. Um, I really enjoyed the show. I enjoyed listening to him. I'm glad you, you brought up Steve. You know that I said, hey, that guy, his buddy there. Uh, mm-hmm. Jordy should be on the show full time because I enjoyed his first episode. It was oh, nothing was great. Yeah, yeah, it was nothing like I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just pictured it was going to be him talking about helis and multi rotors, and it was completely different. I loved it, and I hope yeah. it does more of that kind of stuff. Like 
just all of the stuff he's been into. Yep. Because it's not really about it's not really about RC that much. It's kind of like his experiences and, and the people he's connected with. Not mm-hmm. I found it very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yes. 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 Indeed. Mm-hmm. And that guy Jordy, I could like I told like I told Bobby, I could listen to him for six hours tell stories. Oh yeah, and I'm sure he's got tons was, of them, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him That's and his dad, true. and the whole underwater stuff, and just just mm-hmm. being on the film sets and stuff like that. You, you gotta yeah. love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. So I was kind of bummed, but uh, anyways, what I did this week was uh, tinkered around with the nitro a little bit more. I got my um, switch glow, and oh, I yeah. sent you guys a couple of texts about how to hook it up. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't sure, and I didn't want to freaking burn shit up, and I wound up frying a battery anyways because I did something wrong. I don't know. I was what do you wiring, mean? I was wiring up a temp like connector and i I guess it was touching and it freaking shorted and fried like a fuse you know it it was it was my own fault but i didn't fry any electronics just just the wiring Um, oh wow okay yeah yeah. and it wasn't well it wasn't plugged in it was just like i was testing it out and it shorted Hmm. so uh yeah that sucked but uh, at least i didn't fry anything like i said but i got it working um, I hooked up and did the whole macro cell thing on the V bar and set it so I could turn it on. And I don't know. Do you guys have, what do you guys use? I know Steve, you said you use a switch glow, right? Um, I have a, not a switch glow. What is it? The ProTech one. Um, oh, what the hell is the name of it? It's a clear casing one, ProTech. Oh, it's not, right. it's not a switch glow, but it's like a, I don't know. It's, it's basically a switch glow. It's the same thing. But, but, but you, you toggle it with a switch, right? Yeah, so I have it on a macro cell on a toggle switch on a three-way switch that one will give me my throttle cut, so it'll give me idle, and then if I click it all the way down, it'll give me the switch glow. Yeah, I have I have it on one that gives me like telemetry, it gives me my temperature and battery voltage, I think, and then the other way it gives me the the switch glow. But now, does your does your igniter have an audio like a buzzer on it? No, my mine like. So the one I have on my my black nitro is like oh, I don't know who made it. It's very similar to the one that Gawi had for their right. like you know switch glow that came with the kit. Um, I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's the same one or whatever, but it it looks exactly the same to me, um, and it works pretty much the same. But there's no audible tone. It just gives me like a, a steady light that it's on. Okay. Um, yeah, your switch glow should give you like a, a buzz, right? Yeah, be- I have mine on the the tone mm-hmm. i don't know i'm torn i don't know whether i like it or don't i mean it's it's kind of annoying but i know when it's on and then i can hear it and then flip it off so i don't know yeah i flipped it off for setup but i'm thinking about putting it on i know i've heard that at the field where guys are you know starting up their nitro it's kind of handy that. i guess i mean yeah. it is because if it you'll notice that uh, if your glow plug is broken and it doesn't have continuity, it'll actually make a different noise. So it's actually good to have that. Right. Or if it's, uh, yeah, if something goes wrong, I know it's like if you unplug, if you get to plug the uh, wire up to the plug, it just makes a beep. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. Uh, right. So okay. it's, a, it's a continuous tone if everything's good. Mm-hmm. And if something's not good, it just gives you a, like a single beep. Yeah. So it's kind of handy. So it's handy. Definitely. That's cool. See, I didn't know any of that. that that's cool. Now, that is handy, and I'll tell you, I like the fact that 
you know, I don't have to take the cover half off to hit the button anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at first, what I was getting at with the whole setup was like when I got this nitro heli from Steve, I had one, I had a igniter on there. Uh, that you pl- that's where the battery plugged in. So with the switch glow, that just plugs into your receiver and mm-hmm. you have to power the receiver now with the battery. And so that's why mm-hmm. I was like texting you guys, like, I don't want to fry anything. Is it cool to plug the, you know, the two cell right into the receiver? I figured it was, but I just wanted to check with not a two cell lipo. No, no, the lifey that I have. Yeah, life There's, packs are okay because it's you know nominal six volts. It's yeah, six point six. Yeah, six six is fully charged, I believe. But uh, you don't want to go with um, a two cell lipo just because your servos aren't HV on there, right? So you'd actually, I mean, I hear people doing it anyways. Like they'll they are not, run, no, they're not. You know, I, but I've heard people running like HV voltage to those servos, but I just wouldn't. You know, there's yeah. no need for it either. So. Yeah, so that was cool, man. I I haven't fired it up, but I at least got it, you know, set up, and it should be ready to go. I just gotta, I gotta f- dig my nitro thing out of the garage and make sure that that battery's all charged up. Yeah, your little flight box that you had, right? That you made. Yeah, and other than that, I ordered some parts for some other RC projects that I've had kicking around for a while. One is that speed tank that I was three D printing. I nice. ordered two motors and two ESCs. Mm-hmm. Um. I think from Hobby King. I've actually placed an order with, with Hobby King first time in like got to be six to eight months. And yeah, um, so I got a couple of items and I got some Metal Gear servos for the 3D printed planes that I want to get going before winter hits. You know, I got to get that mm-hmm. going on, but I want to get the right servos. I want to get something a little stronger than the plastic gear ones, you know, for the ailerons and the elevator. And that's those are close, man. Just got to I just got to finalize that and finish it. Nice. It's really funny because we used to put like weekly orders in with Hobby Kid back in oh, the day yeah. when we yeah. first started this podcast. And now it's like, I haven't ordered, it, it's got to be at least a year for me yeah. since I ordered a Hobby, Hobby King order. So, yeah. Yeah. Probably six months, six, seven months for me. Yeah. And I think the last time I ordered something was like silicon wire and I was like gonna say a wire tailwheel or something. Like connect, yeah. Just some yeah, stuff. Just, yeah. And right. small shit, yeah. And um, Steve and I got together on Saturday, and uh, I flew. I crashed. Mm-hmm. I had a good time, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, you definitely. Simming has made you a little more comfortable to try um, different maneuvers and different orientations. And uh, your inverted flying has definitely been getting better. And your yeah. backwards flying, I've noticed, has uh, definitely have improved. You know, I would say five folds compared to what it was before. Yeah, I think it's only been a couple of months that I've been actually flying backwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely the Simmons definitely helping, man. I'm doing a lot more stuff lower and comfortable and just trying different things. Yeah, you still scare me every time you go into a funnel. <laughs> really? Yeah, because it's like you don't go right into it. You kind of like slide and you drop 20 feet to do it. <laughs> That's- yeah. Yeah, that kind of scares me because it's the the rate of descent knife edge is quite it's quite fast, and I can see that you're pulling a lot of collective and you know aileron to like stop it from falling. Well, hmm. yeah, I mean that's that one time I did a couple times probably like that, and then I sometimes I do it without. I'm still working on it. Yeah, yeah, you got to still working on it in one direction. The other what, direction, I think, what I'm okay. kind of funnel like upright tail yeah. down or yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Does he just stand it up on its end and then let it no. drop? No, he, like, he kind of does like an upright hurricane into it, and that's why it falls, because he's turning the tail as he's transitioning into a funnel. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm flying reverse and like left to right, and then okay, I got you. turning it slowly as I go. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going too quickly into that. But I don't know. It's just things transitioning from the sim to real life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're doing it. Yeah. You know, it seems like you're pretty comfortable. You're not freaking out. No. I mean, you know, you only I, have one <laughs> flight line violation. I crashed the Oxy 4. Yeah, I was going to say that was um that was a flight line violation. Yeah. You're like, ooh, but, ooh, ooh. But that <laughs> like, thing, um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was funny because I went to do the the opposite Puro and I screwed yeah, something right, up. Right rudder Puro flip. <laughs> and it went to my, our left and then it was heading towards that fence. And I was like, I do not want to hit that fence. You know, it's like, yeah. what, four or foot your car fence? or my cars over there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of got past the fence and then hit throttle hold and I could just hear the, the, the RPMs bleeding off the blades. Just, it was just like, whoa. Blades stopped and it just yeah. flattened and it, just, the and it just came down right on the skids and, yeah. uh, I don't know, about 10 feet maybe it dropped. Yeah. It wasn't and that bad though. I just busted the skid part. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Nice. And, was it like a link or something or no? No, the blades are fine, but didn't you like maybe the a link, link? might have popped off or did I break Which it? Which one was this? Remember. Yeah, you broke it off the DFC link, like Oxy the bottom four. part. That was on the three. Oh, that was on the three. Okay. Yeah. So I crashed that too. But hey, that's what they're for. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been up to, man. And I don't know. I've been 3D printing some stuff, but uh, nothing really hobby related. Been still doing some simming, enjoying the sim. That's it, man. Who wants to go next? I don't know. I guess I'll go next because I can kind of go right into Saturday mm-hmm. too. So yeah. So yeah, yeah. Flew with you at the uh, local park by my house, and um, <clears throat> yeah, dude, yeah. that's like the first time we've gotten together to fly in like a month. Yeah, I think, yeah. right. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, so I, I flew to Goblin Five Hundred. That was pretty much the only thing I felt comfortable to fly in that small park. And I got I I, I don't know, man. I I was scared myself how low I was getting on some of those like flips and i guess i don't know what they call them when you kind of smack it into the ground uh without actually crashing um well that was a controlled crashing maybe i don't know eh, like a skid bump or like yeah almost yeah you know when you like you kind of flip flip and then you flip in place and then you push it down real quick and then stop it pop it yeah and i like i like steve i like how you're working on stuff that you like to do and i'm working on stuff that i like to do sort of I mean, that's the way it should be, but I like yeah. that, you know, you were like doing the flips, you know, uh, in one spot sort of type of yeah, thing. You so, know, the, mm-hmm. Yeah, the stationary flips. Yeah. Yeah. And those are looking good, man. You were doing some inverted backwards flying a little bit. Yeah. And that, yeah. that looked really good, man. Yeah. If I had a bigger field where I could kind of stretch that out just so that I don't feel like I'm going to hit a light pole. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do that. I'll, I'll do like the upright funnel, uh, upright hurricane into an inverted hurricane transition figure eight. Nice. I've been working on that. I've been working on the funnel version of that going upright tail down funnel into inverted tail down funnels. But like those maneuvers, um, I definitely need space just because I try to make them as big as possible. So I could just make small corrections and not like, pull a lot of elevator or it gives you a little more time to think about it exactly yes so 
So it gives me the time to make the corrections, make sure that uh, my tail's in the right position, not drooping down or drooping up or something like that, you know, when I'm doing, say, uh, a hurricane inverted. So it's just, you know, it gives me more time to think. And, you know, when I was at um, the fall mowdown, I was doing it a lot with the, with the 500, and I was loving it. It was, you know, like it really, like, stretch it out big and stuff. It was great. It was fun. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that, that was Saturday. And then this past uh, Sunday and Monday, I've been uh, – so I got my Tortuga in. Yep, that came yeah. in. So thank you, BK Hobbies, for getting that out to me as soon as uh, it arrived in the U.S. And I got uh, my electronics with the two, except for I'm waiting on two Aileron servos. And I ordered the BK3002 micro servos, and I'm going to retrofit that into the Wink servo mount. So that's kind of what I've been up to the last couple of days is I designed a 3D printer servo mount for the micro servo to fit in a wing servo mounting plate, I guess you could say. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is, you know, I took a couple of um, tries on the design to get to something where I feel is, you know, going to work. So we'll see. I haven't gotten it fitted onto the plane yet, so that's going to be the final fitment test. But as far as the servo mounting into the, the bracket, it's pretty spot on. And then from the mount bracking into the wing mount is pretty, you know, uh, it's pretty, I don't know, not well engineered, but it fits well. So are you printing that out like one solid piece, like no infill or um, I'm going 50% infill, which okay. is pretty solid. So, yeah. you know, the, there's parts of it that's only about two millimeters, like the tabs that screw into the um, to the original mount. There's like a little wooden piece with it's like a wooden piece with fiberglass, kind of like a U shape, like a square U shape right. that the wing servo mount fits to. So that part, you know, the tabs on the side and and the bottom are only two millimeter thick. So <clears throat> I wanted to make sure it was strong enough, but was also, you know, not gonna break super easily. So two millimeters seems to do okay, and we'll see how when I actually get it mounted in and and give it a try. Yeah, because um, you're going to be pulling a lot of, a lot on those servos. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. And, you know, hopefully if it fits, and if it fits well, I'll, I'll post it online and also make the plans available on Thingiverse so so folks can uh, go there. And if they buy a Tortuga or, you know, if they want me to print out some, I can print them out and send it. I don't mind. Just pay for shipping. Nice. Um, cool, man. Yeah. So that's pretty much been it for me. What about you, Andy? I've been staring at endless rows of corn. Nice. And uh, struggling through the mud. It's been wonderful. Jeez. Our, our ground is like super saturated because we've had a lot of rain the last few mm. weeks. And the fields are just muddy everywhere. And it's it's just a big giant pain in my ass. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Well, how does that work out for your like, <clears throat> you know, your your combines or whatever heavy machinery that you? Yeah, it's fine. It just leaves big tracks in the field, like ruts, and mm-hmm. throws mud everywhere and makes a mess, and just you know. But I can get through it oh, for the right. most part. I hadn't been stuck yet, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, we I, my ground is not uh, it's not bottomless like some of the. You see pictures online, like up in Illinois and places where shit just sinks to the axle. Like once you fall in a mud hole, you're just gone. Mine just sinks about 
eight ten inches and then it's firm so it's it's not too bad it's just aggravating mm. that would be a new experience for me andy searching for pictures online of combines sinking to the axle <laughs> that's not normally what i search for <laughs> try it you just might like it i might have to try it no uh, but i did um so i haven't done any flying i've taken no fly i've done any buying take a no buy haven't done any simming oh because that's just boring but you know what you have done you've you've stabbed me in the heart once again <laughs> what you've done. every week every week see now it's to the point i can't sim because then you know i can't let you uh win no because if so, you sim so. everybody's gonna be like holy shit he's gotta be got a lot better than the last time we saw him he's been simming <laughs> yeah that's true and then you go out and throw two hellies in the dirt like i did yeah, <laughs> probably what i would do i'd be like damn i can do i can watch me piro flip three feet off the deck and then i'd do like smack right into the ground that's what i tried yeah that's cool dude i mean you get you get weeks like that what are you gonna do right yeah exactly yeah uh i did work a little bit on the uh oxy 4 max review i kind of had hoped to have it ready for this week but i failed so I got a few, a few more things to to put together for that. I was going through my uh, my packs for this thing. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of uh, 6S 1800s. Mm-hmm. And I've got two Gen's Ace packs that I got uh, probably back in the summer. And they only, I don't know, 15, 20 flights a piece. And one of them has a dead cell. Oh no! Like the number six cell is uh, like point three volts. Oh wow! Oh, damn. So kind of bummed out about that. Yeah. Um, um, all my old packs are fine. The new ones went bad. Well, one of the new ones. So it's just uh, one of those things. I mean, luck yeah. of the draw, I guess. Really, nothing you can do about it. I don't really know what to do with this pack now. I mean, I could take it apart, but what could I use eighteen? 100 milliamp, you know, four, three, maybe. Well, I guess I could make receiver packs out of it. Yeah, it'd probably be a five cell, though, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a five cell, but I mean, if I could take it apart and make a two cell or a three mm-hmm. cell, four cell, or whatever. I'd probably keep it as a five cell and use it for charging phones or charging, um, you know, maybe your starter. I don't know. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I actually <clears> hadn't <throat> thought of that. Yeah. I mean, there's still a good use for it. I wouldn't. A part of me says, you know, take a take a 45 to it, but you know, or a nail gun. But um, but then a part of me says, why not just take that one cell and use it as there's got you know, get a scorpion USB yeah. charger. Well, I, I was thinking like maybe I could make two two cell receiver packs. You know, it's kind of a pain. I mean, you definitely can. It's kind of a pain to do, in my opinion just soldering like those type of leads like the way they these batteries get soldered are different than i guess the solder that we use like the temperature range is different it, it's a pain of butt to solder yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's not that bad i mean i've done it yeah. but you're right it's not like super duper easy you got to have a, a hot soldering iron mm-hmm. and you got to be careful or you're short something out and set your friggin' bench on fire and then you know that's mm-hmm. always a problem 
I've done that. Did that this weekend. <laughs> I mean, it's exciting. It is. But it's not mm-hmm. all that much fun. It's exciting. The whole house knows what's going on because you're filling it with smoke. And then yeah. you're cursing on top of that. So your wife is wondering what's going on. Yeah. And uh-huh. then you got to put the fire out. So that creates a mess. And it just, yep. yeah. Maybe, maybe a nail gun would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really hadn't thought about a cell phone charger because I have one of those Scorpion uh, USB adapters. Yeah, they take anywhere from like a two to mm-hmm. a six or eight cell or something like that. Yeah. So five would work. I, I know. Yeah, that, that's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, no problem. But yeah, that's pretty much all I've done. Just been working, trying to get this harvest stuff done. I've actually co- completely been out of the loop this week. You know, I jump on Facebook a couple minutes here and there, but I don't know anything that's going on, or uh, and we can talk about it in the news. But I, I just kind of been out of the loop on everything. Yeah. So, oh well. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we all have those weeks, you know. Like I was yeah. out in a conference and then coming back home, and just work has been freaking insane. I'm gonna have to pretty much work late every day this week, except for today. So, so yeah, and you know, life happens, Jeez. right? Oh yeah. yeah. That's the way it goes. Yep. Um, all right. So let's kind of go into the main topic. Main topic. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have here? <laughs> all I wrote was thinning the fleet a bit. Okay. What are you thinning out? Yeah. I don't know. I got a lot of planes. Okay. A lot of them are flight test stuff that I don't fly anymore. I got a boxes full of like suppo motors and some ESCs that I'll probably add to. But, you know, the flight test stuff, and by their own admission, they say it won't last forever, and a lot of the stuff didn't for me. You know, it's not it's not holding up too well. They lasted a lot longer for you than it did for me. <laughs> yeah, true. But, I mean, I put the tape on it and stuff like that, yeah. and just stuff like the Baby Blender I got and the Mustang I got, mm-hmm. and my Bixler, too, I remember talking about, I think, last year. I haven't flown that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just got stuff like that. Maybe I'll... Or that and a couple of balsa planes you still have, right? In in your shed. Yeah. We should definitely think about trying to get to a swap meet this year, Steve. Just unload some shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna I was about to ask you, like, what we what can you do with that stuff? Like those flight test planes. I mean they're still they still have value, but like what do you do with them? Well, you know what I was thinking? I still have all of the original kits that I bought, and mm-hmm. those are all in the Dollar Tree foam type of foam, not even in the new stuff. So yeah. all they are really good for is templates, and you know, if somebody local in Jersey wanted them, I'd give them to them. Well, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Because uh, I probably can't sell them or ship them or anything like that. Uh-huh. Really no point mm-hmm. uh, when the stuff is free. Yeah. I, I would say like your flight test stuff that you don't want to fly, you know, I would probably give it away or like sell it dirt cheap, like, you know, maybe like five bucks a plane kind of deal. And it's mainly because you have some electronics in there that, you you know, that you're not taking out, right? You're not stripping out the servos and the motor and ESC and stuff. So, you know, and it's not even really for the money, but it's just, you know, you don't, you want to make sure that the person who's getting it actually wants it and not just like takes it because it's free. That's that's the one right. thing about that, giving things away. Yeah, yeah, that, I know. That's kind of what what I was sort of getting at is what do you do with them? Because mm-hmm. I've got old stuff that I would love to give give somebody that's new in the hobby or something that mm-hmm. could that would use it. I just don't. Nobody really wants it, or the people that want it don't need it. 
You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, I don't want to yeah. just give it to somebody that's just going to throw it on the top of their the rest of their 150 planes. You know, I'd right. rather have like a new guy or something. I've even got some helicopters and stuff I'd like to give away. Just, you know, old blade stuff. But, nice. yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm having trouble finding <laughs> finding anybody to give it to. You know what? We got a club event coming up pretty soon, end of summer, and hopefully I'm not going to be working or anything. I can make that. I might ask our club guys, you know, because they, they would know if there's somebody new in the club that would be into it. Yeah, I'd give it to them, you know. I yeah. know that wouldn't go to waste there. Yeah. And yeah. I don't I don't think I would give them the planes. I would just give them the plans and and uh you know, or the the kits that I have left over, you know, just tell them either use it as a template or build it on its own. So is this stuff that you don't think you'll ever build another one? Like you would need the template? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If I got the urge, I would probably just download the you know, the plans. The only reason I bought them was to support flight tests, you know. Sure. Yeah, I've got, got a whole bunch have, of those. Yeah. And I wouldn't necessarily give anybody my older planes because I know that the the rudder's twisted, the elevator's twisted, you yeah, know. Yeah. You just pull the electronics out of it and just trash it. Mm. Okay. But something like yeah. the Bixler too, I'd probably wind up giving that to somebody. And that thing's kind of flies okay. Mm-hmm. And I still got that damn Kunai too, dude. I got a that Muse wanted. I, I still got that brand new in a box. I got yeah. one of those. You do? Oh, yeah. great. You should yeah. bring it next time we go to Virginia. Yeah. I need to. And we go all fly our kunai together. Yeah. That would be cool. That wouldn't yeah. be confusing at all. No. no. I mean, Kevin, myself, and McClellan, we flew ours together, and it wasn't too bad. They're just slightly slower than the Tortuga, so it's easier to keep your eyes on. <laughs> slightly slower. <laughs> slightly slower. Yeah, yeah they're, pretty, they're pretty quick, though. They're pretty quick. Go way up high. And then it goes straight down. Oh yeah, that's and how level I fly out mine. about ten feet across the ground. It's good. Yeah, woo! Oh, <laughs> that little woo, that little howling howling noise. I caught thermals one day with mine. I think I had it in the air for like twenty minutes. Remember that, Steve? We're up I think that was like Green Pond. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah. So thinning the fleet, huh? You know, yeah. it's, it's a good idea. I should be doing the same thing, too. Maybe one of these days we'll just kind of go and, like, I don't know, maybe I like Helifest or something. Just, you know, for anyone who's coming, you know, want Build some Build a planes. big bonfire and throw stuff That's on a good it. idea. You well, know, we should reach out give to it away too. Or, yeah, yeah, because, you know, we have we have folks that listen to us that you know don't fly helicopters right they just they they still they fly planes and they they like to listen to us so you know it's like like Hildefly, great example right you know he comes yeah. and he flies his planes and stuff and you know maybe he could appreciate some of the stuff that we have you know i have some foamy 3d planes that i could give away i still have that escapade 60 size that is still in the box brand new you know oh right I think I'm gonna give that to Eric, though, our um, club okay. secretary. Yeah, yeah. Because he he really enjoys the plane, and you know, I, I I like I like giving these planes to folks that like they fly like and just you know that big cheeseburger smile. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, it makes it worth it. <clears throat> yep, yep. Of course, as we're talking about thin and fleet, I'm like, hmm, I can't wait to put this Tortuga together. <laughs> <laughs> and add another plane to my already, you know, loaded garage. Plane where, you'll never fly. That I'll fly once and then, yeah. you know, 
put shelf it. So but. Kevin, what are you going to do when you buy Steve's Tortuga? <laughs> I don't know. Build a launcher for it. Oh no, I already have the launcher. What two months? One month? Three months? No, three I'll, pro- months, I'll, probably. I'll probably have it over the winter. So you know, by springtime, I'll Spring, know if I'm going to okay. keep it or not. FPV, um, man. Dude, that thing is super quick. It'd be gone before I even FPV crazy. Yeah, I lost signal. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would need it. Yeah, nine hundred megahertz. Yeah, get the one that reaches like yeah three or four miles away, so you can get yeah. turned back around. Yeah, yeah, but but it's three or four miles line of sight, so we can still see it. Remember exactly. We're still seeing a line of sight. Yeah, uh, I I think uh, as far as thin the fleet concerned, I'm. That scale bird is going to go up. I haven't posted anything, but I'm not going to fly that thing anymore. I'm just not into scale flying. It's too boring for me. Even though it's like precision flying, that's still too boring for me too. So, Well, you need to make it nose heavy, and then it's a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> like my scale. I know my 450 scale is nose heavy, and that's why when I fly it, I'm like, oh, I'm pulling back quite a bit on this thing. Yeah. So, it adds a little bit of excitement to it. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, but nothing beats the excitement of doing 3D maneuvers right on the deck, like pulling so much collective that the whole hell is like, <laughs> Nothing beats the excitement of uh, driving your skids into the grass and picking up clumps yeah. as you flip it forward. <laughs> Steve did that this weekend, Andy. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. he, was, he was digging into the grass. Yeah. yeah it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Doing some excavating. You know, you talk about thinning the fleet, and, uh, you know, I just want to clean up the garage a little bit more. You know, I'm always talking about cleaning up the garage, but I have, I have to look at the models that I have that have been sitting for a while. Like, I go into my shed, and I got models that are just, like, on the wall that I'm like, well, I, I, I got to make a decision here. Like, yeah, I, do I throw them away? Do I keep them? You know, we, we've, we've definitely talked about this once before mm-hmm. where, you know, I've been like, if you haven't touched it in a year you should probably get rid of it stuff like that i don't know i just gotta look and i mean i have certain models that i'm like oh that'll be great once i get into like gas or whatever or sure right right planes yeah but like the p51 that i have that i bought for 99 dollars the the dynam that's been in the trash three times i mean it's a good plane and it flies good but i don't know am i bringing it out to the field anymore i don't know i'd rather fly something like the sukhoi if i'm going to take up space right you know, in the Jeep, bringing the plane mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So for me, what I've realized looking at my, my, you know, fleet of planes in the garage, I look at it and I'm like, how many mini V-bars or silver lines do I have that are installed in planes? And am I going to fly it again? My EFX racer, that's a fun plane to fly. It's a nice, you know, pattern type pylon racer plane, right? So that I'll probably fly that again. And a Sukhoi, um, not Sukhoi, the Kunai. It's another good plane, and it's like it's nice to have a sailplane, right? Like a, a warm liner, you know, some something that's like a glider-ish, kind of that style. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, I have my 3D foamies, and, you know, now I'll have the Tortuga. But, like, I have a P-47 Thunderbolt. My wife got it for me for a birthday present. I don't want to sell that. In fact, I don't want to fly it because I don't want to crash it. Yeah. Those yeah, things, the, the free wing especially, like, I don't know. They're they're sketchy on takeoffs and landing for me. So, you know, it's like, yeah. And I should fly it. And I'm probably going to put a V-bar in there and fly it. Um, 
there's certain things, but there's like, you know, all those RA chorus planes. And don't get me wrong, they fly great. And I had a great time. I have yours, the purple one and my yellow one. But, yeah. I'm, you know, like, they need a little work. And I might as well just give it to someone who wants to learn 3Ds, you know? Like, who wants to get go from, like, you know, maybe like a, an apprentice and, and move up to, like, a, a 3D-type plane where they can, you know, crash it a whole bunch of times, glue it back together, and just keep flying, right? So, like, that, I'll probably give away, those two. And someone can Frankenstein a good plane out of them. Definitely, if you don't fly it in a year and you don't think you're going to fly it, there's no point keeping it. You know, unless there's sentimental value. But even then, it has to be really, like, a gift or something. Not because, like, I had a good time flying it three years ago. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I have the plane that I brought to Neff. And this was back when this has got to be, like, four years ago. Yeah, this this one when Flight Test wasn't famous. <laughs> Before Flight Fest was even started, I think it was the upcoming the first year of Flight Fest, mm-hmm. and Dave was over still from Sweden, and I had the, the old Speedster or whatever it was, and it was completely white, and I had them all sign my plane. You know, I was like, hey, just sign it, and I had Josh's kids sign it, and mm-hmm. you know, when they were really young and stuff, and I thought that was cool, and I still have that plane. Yeah, but I mean. Other than that, I mean, I don't have really any attachment to any of the other planes that I have. Right. You know? Yeah. To the point where, you know, if they're taking up space like that, I'm like, all right, I got to get rid of some of this stuff. Because then what happens? I mean, you keep piling stuff on top of them or moving them around, and eventually there's nothing left of them anyways. Right, you know, right. And we're breaking... talking about foam board too, right? Well, that and I have a, some balsa planes that I keep knocking around, yeah. Yeah. And some foam, foamies, EPO f- foam, you know, or mm-hmm. EPP or whatever it is. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> All of us as hobbyists should eventually just let it go. Not harbor on too much of the past and, you know, looking forward to new and cooler stuff that comes out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's one of those things that's hard for me because I, I see something's like, well, I might could use this or I might do this or might do that. I never do anything with it. I just... It just sets around in the way, taking up space. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You should get rid. I should get rid of tons of stuff. I'm just really bad at getting rid of things. Yeah, I think, that yeah, I think we all hoarding. are. I think we all have a bit of hoarding in us. You know, I have yeah. bins and bins in the garage of like, like I labeled as airplane supplies. Like there's airplane electronics and there's airplane building supplies like control horns and push rods and all this stuff. And it's like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, when am I going to do anything with this? <laughs> you know, uh, like, like, you know, yeah, like I, I have tons of like the little cheap plastic servos mm-hmm. and the little little motors ones, and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm never going to do anything with those. I mean, what am I going to do with that? Yeah. I'm kind of not into that stuff anymore right right we've we've progressed out of it or you know outgrew it so it's like you know we we should really just take it and give it away to the next generation someone who's starting out that you know looks at that stuff and actually sees value because they know that they want to build like a flight test say yeah yeah yeah, and they're like i need a motor and i need esc i I mean there's i'm sure there's i can't find them around here but i'm sure there's younger guys and stuff out there that like you know give them a stack of foam board some motors and servos and they'd be building all kinds of planes and having a blast i have an idea we should go to next year's flight fest ohio or one of them just give away everything just give away all that stuff 
to that bring it with us and unload it. Give it to the kids because you know they would appreciate it and you know yeah, they're going to fly the crap out of it. Idea. That would be the place to find the people that could use it and would and yes. appreciate it too. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just just bring a couple of boxes and be like, hey, <laughs> is this back, free? Yeah. Back the truck up. Yeah. I'll tell <laughs> you, like, like load all our vehicles up with this stuff. And just like, and then come home with nothing. Just come home with our alleys that we brought to fly. It's <laughs> <laughs> a damn good idea. I would do that. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's think about it for sure. Like you know, I feel like we miss this past flight fest, and you know, Kevin and I usually do like a usually like a, a quick weekend, right? Like mm-hmm. drive out there Friday and then come back Sunday or something like that. And you know, maybe this year or twenty nineteen, we'll we'll definitely. I I definitely want to try to do that again. Make it a, a quick and easy, cheap trip, but also we could give away all this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let's collect our stuff and stop being hoarders, you know? And give it away to people that would appreciate it. That sounds like a good idea, dude. We yeah, can it talk does. it up and just say, come find us. Free fall RC giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The only requirement is, is, you know, you got to use it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, so what else do you guys want to talk about since we're just uh, hanging out and shooting the shit? This is where we need a cricket sound effect, Kevin. Let's kind of talk about what we got going on, you know, not for what's next for you in the hobby per se, but kind of more longer term things that we're going to plan on doing. So, Yeah, got any mm, winter projects? Not really for myself. I mean, the Tortuga is going to be built, but besides that and the launcher, I still have that FT540 Edge that I just got to hook up the control horn for the uh, ailerons, and that should be ready to go. So I definitely got to do that and main that. Yeah, I forgot about that thing. I'm I'm curious to see how you like it. I got a question for you guys. Like, I have in my mind a project that I'd love to do, but I don't know if I'm ever going to do it. And uh, I don't know if you guys have, like, a project in mind that you'd always wanted to do if you ever had the time but you don't know if you're ever going to get a chance to do it okay like mine is you know the giant se5 i built yeah it was a 97 inches whatever the hell it was 94 mm-hmm. i don't even remember uh, i'd love to build something that size out of balsa and i don't know whether i would i don't know if you even can find a kit for it but i would have to kind of build it to where i could pull the wings off and all that and think mm-hmm. it all through scratch build to, that sucker yeah, yeah i'd love to do, do something it. like that don't know if i ever going to have the time to do it but that's always something that's in the back of my mind, you know, like, you know, if we ever get to a point where I get these other projects done and added away, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that is something I would take on because that damn thing flew so good and so smooth. It, I'm always curious to what a balsa version would be. Oh, it'd you know, be great. Same dimensions type. It'd probably be fly it'd be even better. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great. Yeah, it would fly even better because it would be, be a lot more lighter. rigid and lighter and just better. lighter and stiffer. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, to like kill some of the dihedral, like it was um, Keegan mm-hmm. who got. He actually still has the last flight on it, you know. And he told me, you know, I'd kill some of the dihedral if you do change some stuff up there. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. on. you need to do that and put a gasser motor on it. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, like yeah. a four stroke on it. That'd be fucking sweet. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, man. Hard, hard my language. That's mm-hmm. how excited I am about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that would be free. That would be pretty dope. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. You guys got any projects like that rolling around in your head? Well, I started scratch building a airplane, and I always want to finish it. 
<laughs> but that was like a year and a half ago. So uh, I don't know when I'm going to get back to it. Oh, I thought you were going to say that was when I was 16. <laughs> oh, no. No. It's a couple. Uh, it's, shit, it's close to two years ago now. What what kind of plane is it? It's, uh, it's called a corkscrew. It's a... Um, Never heard of uh, it. Yeah, it's from the 80s. Okay. Some dude design. It's kind of a fun flyer. I mean, it's not really like a modeled after anything. It's a low wing kind of aerobatic uh airplane does like really really nice flat spins and stuff um and it's not huge it's uh uh, 36 to 40 something inch wingspan um used a 25 size glow engine i think so it's fairly small and i was going to build one electric but i i was doing it with this uh a friend of mine in the local club here that's been scratch building for, you know, 50 years probably. And, uh, so we set off to building two of them together. And of course he finished his a year ago. Mine's (laughs) mine's still over at his shop. Like he's got a, you know, all the, the woodworking tools and stuff to to scratch Mm -hmm. build. So I was just doing it over there, but I just, you know, run out of time and, sort of lost interest a little bit. Uh, but I would like to get back to that and finish it. I was just basically doing it for the experience, you know, yeah. the learning experience of, of scratch building. Cause, mm-hmm. um, I'd never built I'd never built any kits as a kid or anything like that out of balsa. So, right. And it's fun. I was enjoying it. I just, other stuff popped up and kind of got me distracted. And then I, I hadn't got back to it. So what kind of specialty tools do you need when you're nothing, scratching? Nothing, nothing. Just like band saws and scroll saws and stuff like that. I mean, you don't need anything really specialty. He just okay. has a shop set up with all that stuff in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if you needed a really small fine tooth saw or anything like that. Or well, yeah. I, I mean, he has some stuff like a he has like a little. It's like a table saw, but it's okay. the size of it's really small like two or three shoe boxes together and it's got a little beady like six inch blade mm-hmm. so it, it's like worked really good for notching balsa like um for the ribs and stuff you can just run them across that cut little notches oh nice yeah okay and he's got the the scroll saws and the band saws and the yeah. sanders and you know all that kind of stuff yeah it's it's nothing really special to equipment it's just he happened to have it all in one room and and knows all the techniques. Uh, right, right. He has the experience to, to yeah, show exactly, you. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, I kind of had the same thing, too. Um, I recently picked up a scroll saw, and one of the things that I wanted to do, which I, I spoke about a while back in Kevin, mm-hmm. I wanted to work with you on this, too, but it was the 40-size the, um, profile 3D plane that mm-hmm. I wanted to scratch build. Oh, right. Um and I have the plans, and I have the wood, and now I have a scroll saw to cut the ribs out in one shot, like just stack all the balsa pieces together, put the template on, and just cut it out. So that's something I still want to do, and I'm still thinking, you know, I'll probably do it. But it's going to be something slow, slow and very, probably over like a year, I want to work on it. And it, I mean, who knows? As soon as I start it, I might get it done in a week. But, you know, I just just to manage expectations, not to like... 
put it like, oh, I'm going to get it done before the summer's over, before this year's over, you know, kind of deal. Yeah, right. Um, you don't want to rush something like that. Yeah, I mean, not even rush it. It's just kind of like I want to make sure that I take my time and do a good job on it, you know, because I, I want to really like I want this plane to fly well, <laughs> you know. I don't want to just right. be like, oh, look at that. The tail's a little crooked and it's crooked from the wing and this yeah. thing. And it's like yeah, half my other airplane builds, you know, like they're all crooked. So I want to have. Do you have a sander, like a belt sander or anything? I have two rotary sanders, like handheld ones. But um, what I could do is I, I was thinking about buying one of those, like, it's a round sander and a belt sander combo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I would suggest one of those because, mm-hmm. um, like, one thing he was uh, showing me, like, like you're talking about cutting out the ribs. Mm-hmm. Do that, but then you, you cut, like, a blade width away from the line, right? Yeah, you cut it yeah on and then the sand it down to it. And yep. then you just put it on the sander and sand it right to the line. That way you can get your dimensions. You can get everything to fit a lot better. Sure, you, yep. you can't cut perfectly, especially with a scroll saw. You can do a pretty good job, but yeah, you yeah. can't get perfect with them. Yep. So that, yep. Uh, one of those belt sanders saves you a huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the next thing to buy for the garage is something small like that. Um, and basically, you know, I just wanted to have that, like, like you were saying, just have the experience of doing it. You know, I've built kits before and they're great because they're all laser cut and ready to go. And you just plop them down, pin them, glue it and work on the next section and just kind of continue your way that way. But it's very true to like building a helicopter kit, you know, like everything for the most part fits, you know, and you might need to finagle and hobbyists a little this or that but for the most part it's it's well engineered that it's going to fit together pretty well but when you scratch build that's when you're like you have to like you cutting out the part right. and sanding it down to spec will make it fit or not fit and that's mm-hmm. the the skill right that you, they want to learn so right. and that that's it's it's critical because you say oh it's good enough and it's good enough and it's good enough you yeah. stack a bunch of good enoughs together and pretty soon everything's crooked, and your freaking <laughs> wings sideways, and your tail's on crooked, and every, it, you know, it, it flies like crap, and it looks like crap. <laughs> so yeah. you, you you gotta you kind of gotta be particular um, when building an airplane by scratch yeah. scratch yeah. building. You yep. can't just throw it together willy nilly. So, and and the profile plane I think is a good. S- Good plane to yeah, be a lot easier probably because too. yeah, the fuselage is very easy because it's it's flat basically, right? And uh, your wing is symmetrical because it's a three D plane, so the top and bottom, the ribs are all going to be the same from the first rib to the last rib. Like at least this design is right; it's not tapered mm-hmm. or anything. So I feel like this will be a good intro into scratch building, and you know, I can see, I can see that it it would be enough difficulty that you know. But it won't be frustrating. So right. I won't and give up. And if it does on. get to that frustrating point and you just get pissed and throw it out, it's just you haven't really gone too far. Yeah, it's just a bunch of toothpicks anyway. Because I can see that happening for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I'm only kidding. Actually, I got I got my mother's patience, which she had the patience of a saint, and I don't really have that much patience, but I got enough for this. Kind of I mean, stuff. you got enough to do 146 episodes with me, so 
<laughs> Maybe you do have saint like patience. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> that's true. Now that you put it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hashtag shut up, Steve. <laughs> oh man. I never laughed as hard as I laughed the day that happened. Continue to shut up, Steve. Oh jeez. <laughs> I was so mad because I was Made working. My day. I went outside. I missed the freaking the fall mowdown. I go outside because I'm working and it's bright blue <laughs> sky and 72 degrees. I'm like, this sucks. And everybody's on Facebook posts and all this shit. <laughs> So and so is having a great time at the fall mowdown, and I'm like, yeah. oh, "This is killing me." Uh, uh, it made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> Your misery made me happy. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, that's not what it was. It's just I don't know. No, that's that's I fine. It was funny. That's fine. That's what I'm here for. I wasn't there either. I was here working as See, well. Kevin so. is here to make your day awesome. on my misery. <laughs> uh. So I got a, a winter project that's uh, I've already talked about it, but this uh, gasser conversion. Yeah. This, so have you uh, started doing N7. anything? Nope. I haven't done anything. <laughs> I hung it on the wall and I literally haven't touched it since Urcha. Oh, really? Yeah. But I will. Unless uh, harvest stuff gets over, I'll I'll be sitting here in the cold, rainy weather all winter with nothing to do. So I, I plan on working on it then. I'll tell you. You know, if I get the Oxy and the Oxy 4, well, if I got those going, I finish the 550 and I have the 690 and then the Nitro, dude, I think I'm kind of set, man, with what I just want to fly and beat on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And just keep sounds like you've got stuff. a good setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a good range of sizes. Um, You got a variety of brands, too. So, yeah, I think you're good. Yeah. I'm kind of looking forward to next year, man. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to next year already. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of getting that way too. Um, I, I'm I've been slowly selling off a couple of my helis, and I still need to sell. I've got a Gowie X5. I need to do something with, but I just I mean it's a great helicopter, but I literally haven't flown it all year. Yeah, you know, probably last winter is the last time I flew it. It's just hanging on the wall, not doing any good. You know, since I got the uh, the five sixteen, you know, I've been flying that. Now I got the five five six, flying that. You know, I just I got more than I could fly. I kind of I'm bad to if I get one or two really dialed in, I just fly those and don't fly any of the others. You know, yeah. I don't want to take the time mm-hmm. to mess with them. I mean, not even that. That's the way to really do it if you want to progress too. You don't want to keep switching models constantly. Yeah. You know, you want to kind of have your your couple of helis that you you fly and have some maybe some backups, but you know, right? But, but like it just and yeah, simming has helped me tremendously. But I think also when I you know joining SAB and like just flying goblins, just back to back flights on the goblins, and you know, like I know those helis feel wise, I know those helis inside and out that I can pick up my five hundred and just throw, just smack it down and just throw a great flight without having to warm up anymore like you know it's like i know how that heli reacts i know how it flies how to float the all the tendencies and stuff like i know it inside and out so i feel um just super comfortable with it right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so that definitely helps you know whether whatever you know it doesn't matter what brand but just sticking to you know a couple of helis and just learning the insides out and just flying the crap right. out of it yeah and i feel like that's kind of a progression 
because when you start out, you just want more and more. You know, I got to have yeah, every size. Yeah. I got to have it. every uh-huh. helicopter. Yeah. You know, I want this brand. I want to try this. You know, I want to try, 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 try. Yeah, yeah. But then after you've been in a while, you're like, I really only need like three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, give me just a couple different sizes and a couple fuel models and some electrics. And yeah. you know, that's all you need. Yeah. I mean, you don't need a whole pile of them. That mindset, I think, is comes from the inexperience of starting in the hobby and thinking it's and it's probably human nature to think it's not me it's got to be the mechanics or it's got to be something else other than me so you keep searching for that thing yeah you're always chasing yeah when it's Uh actually you know you have to work on flying yourself yeah and uh, and also if you think about it when you're starting out like you know, people can recommend, hey, go buy an SAB or go buy a Gawi or go buy a Synergy. Like, but until you buy one and build it and fly it and crash it and rebuild it and, and learn and, ex- you know, gain that experience, you don't know what you really like, you know, what brand fits you the best or um, which helicopter style that you like or what flying style that you even want, you know, for yourself. Because I know when I started, I was like, I want to be a full like smack 3d pilot but as i progress more in the hobby and i i kind of see my limitations it's like i'm happy flying old man 3d you know like Mm. i'm happy just big air and some smacky stuff on the deck but nothing like you know like really low on the deck and kind of like you know i mean some of the stuff i do might be but you know it's not like it's it's like i know where i want to progress to now like i have somewhat of a, a goal set in my head which, you know, with experience and time in the hobby has made it so that I come to a realization about it and not be like, yeah, I want to I want to fly like Kyle Dahl and this and that. No, I mean, <laughs> that's not going to happen. You know, uh, uh, I was just going to say you kind of learn parts of different models that you like, you know, you, you know, you might like a super high head speed or you might be like me and like a low head speed. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just little quirks of, ver- of various different things that you once you kind of figure out your flying style, then you can match, you know, helis to that. Sure. I think that's kind of what you were saying, the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, more or less, for sure, yeah. You know, like me, I don't need, you know, a giant, huge uh, power supply, you know, power setup and uh, be able to turn, you know, 2,300 head speed on a 700. You know, I'm cool flying around at 1,900, 1,850. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's just all that different kind of stuff you, you sort of figure out and you kind of learn which, you know, what suits you and things like that. Mm-hmm. Get, that's just part of progressing in the hobby, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of gain that experience, and then with that experience, you can make a better judgment on mm-hmm. what works for you, you know. <clears throat> and, and you'll find out, like, there's, I mean, to tell you the truth, I think all heli manufacturers can do everything like these these machines are so well engineered oh yeah i mean you they, know? they all fly, all that everybody says this and we've say it they all fly great yeah but you i mean know, like they just, all they're all versatile like you could fly yeah. everyone high head speed or low head speed or you know like some might be a little bit better characteristics but you know because they're like tail gear ratios and stuff like yeah, that or like right. the customization of it weights um, and and, and mm-hmm. gear ratios is a big one for me Yep, yep. And, you know, just various little little tiny quirks. But it, there's really nothing that would make uh, 
um, one work and one not work. It's it's, right, it's all right. stuff you can you can adjust and work within. Mm-hmm. They all fly good. But you you made a good point with the the setup and stuff that um like when I first got into flying seven hundred, it's like I need a one sixty amp or a two hundred amp ESC. Like you know, I need I need the biggest motor I could put in there. Right. And, and now I'm like. I'm rocking a 130 in my, you know, yeah. in my 700, and it's perfectly fine. I don't want to go above that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can save some weight, save mm-hmm. a little bit of money. I mean, yeah. if you're if you're not going to need it, there's no reason to put it on there. Yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah. You know, and I have a 160 on my Protos, mm-hmm. and I never pull more than like 110 or 20 amps. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I found about my glob- Goblin. Like when I once I went from a competition to the um, the Black Thunder line, mm-hmm. that uh, the weight difference and everything, and my I guess my flying style progressing, you know, I had better collective management and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't dig into the collective as hard as I used right. to as right. a beginner. And I noticed it's like I used to peak at 160-something, and now I'm like on this helicopter, it's like 125, 130 tops. And that's right. like peak for a millisecond, you know, in right. and out. So it's like you learn that with the experience and – it's cool. Like, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I feel like it's also calmed me down as a pilot. Like, it's not about crazy sticks anymore, you know? <laughs> well, I think it all comes back to your 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 progression and hobby and your flying style and all of that stuff re- relates to one another to where, you know, Steve, you were saying you, originally you first came in and you are like, I want to do hard 3D and I'm, now, I'm yeah. doing, now I'm comfortable with, you know, the old man 3D quote unquote style. I'm more comfortable and I like flying more on the sim where stuff is more fluid movements now, but who knows uh-huh. in another year or two, you know, you might be really good to where you're just that that doesn't really do it for you anymore. And you're doing stuff lower on the deck and, mm-hmm. and smack and stuff around anymore. It's just, it's just where you go as you get, you know, through the hobby. It's, 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 it's really all, all relative to one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. The, at the end of the day, really, what it comes down to is, you know, are you having fun doing what you're doing? Man, I was just going to say the same thing. Just going to say the exact same thing. Yep. And if you're not having fun, why are you doing it? Yeah. Or what, what part of it are you, are you, is it making it not fun for you? Because we hear it all the time, right? We, we hear about people that like want to step away from the hobby because it gets, they're either too stressed out or whatever. Too stressed out or they're not progressing enough. So they feel like almost like they feel down on themselves. Like, why am I not getting better? Or why am I not progressing or this or that? Or, you know, so they like, they want to give up, right? Have you guys and, been reading my diary again? <laughs> no, but you know, I'm saying like, like we see it. We see it all the time on, on the forums, on Facebook, especially Facebook, you know, that people step away from the hobby and, and they make these posts and, you know, and, and it's like, more often than not, you'll get folks to be like, you know, just don't sell your stuff, take a break, come back to it in six months in a year, yeah. and, and then reevaluate, right? Definitely. Um, you know, and then you have other people who are like, hey, you want to sell me your stuff? <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you have the people that are like, you know, trying to help, like, what, what's, what's wrong? What's not what's wrong with you, but what's wrong in the hobby that you're not enjoying it anymore? You know, and and I try to help. It's, and it's usually, I feel like more often than not, it's about progression. And I think, yeah. dude, I think if you want it, it's there. 
Like, I think the turning point for me this year was definitely at Robert's event where I sat down with Drew mm-hmm. and Derek Chakis. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and sat and talked to those two guys, man, for an hour. I got so much out of that conversation that when I came back, I was working on my orientations on the sim. I mean, they made yeah. it sound so simple as to here's what you have to do. And it's bottom line. If you want to do anything, if you want to get better in the hobby with, with helicopters, this is what you have to do. There's, there's no, yeah. there's no like easy path, dude. You have to yeah. go and you have to do it. And I just, I didn't see it as work. Like I had to do this. I saw it as a challenge more or less. And sure. that's what, that's what the sim really helped me with was, and I, I kind of enjoyed that challenge. I mean, look, we're flying helicopters for crying out loud. There's, we've talked about all the major learning curves, curves you need in this, in this, that, this part of the hobby. I mean, we're up uh-huh. for challenges. So, you know, oh, yeah. challenge yeah. You yourself have to be. with the sim, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. in the orientations. And uh, it's been, I got a lot of the conversation and it's really helped me out a lot, man. So that's why I bring mm-hmm. it up because you can pass yeah. it on to, to people yep. and say, you know, treat the sim as a, as a, as a tool and a challenge device, you know, yeah. and have fun too while you're at it, you know, but still get, get what you can out of it. It's there. You have to find it. Yeah. 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 And the tools are definitely there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And back to what you were saying, Steve, about the progression. Uh, the worst thing you can do is compare your, progression to your buddies or somebody yeah, else. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> what are you talking because, about? Nah, <laughs> I don't com- Dude, you're like Well, I mean, if you do, you're going to be bummed out because <laughs> yeah. these, you know, you might have a young guy that starts at the same time you do or, yeah, or hell, an old guy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you might yeah. have a guy that starts <laughs> the same time you do and in two years, he's smacking it around pro level and like me, you're I'm still, you know, sport flying around. So you, you just, you can't compare yourself to your buddy. You just, if, as long as you're having fun and enjoying it, uh-huh. then just move at your own pace. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that, um, a lot of folks need to realize is that, um, you're going to learn at your pace, regardless of how much like you force yourself right. to try yeah. to learn, you know, it's yeah. getting stressed out, getting frustrated and, you know that doesn't help you. You're taking the fun out of it. It's, it should be fun. Yes, yes. You got to make it. You got to make sure that you're always having fun in this hobby, even if you're simming or even if you're, um, you know, you're at the club or at a fun fly and you're you're too scared to fly because you know you're you're you know you feel like you're too much of a beginner. You know, it's like, yeah, if you don't feel comfortable flying, don't force yourself because you, you might just crash and get aggravated but you know maybe on a on a sunday where it's like you know more people are are packed up and heading out you yeah. can go to the corner and take some flights or, and get more comfortable with it or yeah or early in the morning is it early in the morning is great time yep mm-hmm. dude i got news for you and you guys probably know this i mean most of the pilots that are out there flying in front of somebody are are as nervous as you would be as a new guy out there flying i mean they're i think i think a lot of i mean a lot of the guys I think even Kyle Stacy has said this. You know, he still gets nervous when he goes out there and flies. I do for sometimes. sure. I I know I do. Yeah, and I say it. I say it out loud. A lot of guys Holy won't crap. say it, but <laughs> I'm shameless when it comes to that. I'm like, dude, I was scared. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. But going to what Andy was saying about you know, you not don't compare yourself to your buddy. That's mm-hmm. true. But if you if you and your buddy practice, you know, the same time and like Steve and I, Steve's got 
probably a year on me and flying helicopters. And I, I think if you, you know, are kind of putting the time in the same amount, Steve's really good at some stuff that I can't do. And I think there's a few things that I can do that Steve is like, mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I'm not comfortable doing that or whatever. Oh, yeah, and for sure. And, just, yeah. and so I think it'll, you'll get to, you know, and it's, I don't know. It's not rivalry. It's kind of friendly competition. And we like, you know, pushing each other. I like seeing stuff that he does and it gives you ideas to, you know, kind of inspiration each way back and yeah, forth. Yeah, definitely. There's a maneuver that you do that I took from you for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just more referring to if you're getting, if you're getting pissed off that you're not as good as you think you should be, you can't do that. You know, everybody progresses at a different pace. Yeah. Uh-huh. You should look at it as, like, hey, I, there's a few things I do that I do really well. And just yeah. grow from there, you know? Yeah, watching other people is uh, is a great tool to learn stuff. Because uh, when I was flying all, you know, by myself, you know, you just you know stuff you can try to do. But then you go to a fun fly and you start watching other people. And the more you go and the more people you see, the more things you pick up on. It's like, huh, I could probably yeah, yeah. do that. Oh, yeah. Or I could probably do, you know, if I practice a little bit, I could pull that off and that looks cool. Yeah. Gives you ideas and inspiration, mm -hmm, in my opinion. mm -hmm, Absolutely. I've learned a ton just watching other people fly. Right. You know how to do A, B, and C, but you never thought of putting them all together. Exactly. Yeah. Or how to put them together. Right. Right. And and one of the things about, like, once you get, like, once you learn maneuvers, right, we know how, like, Kevin, you and I, like, we practice those half pirouette flips a lot, right? So we know how to do half pirouette flips, but how do we transition that into something else? Right. And we see someone else doing it, and we're like, oh, I could do that. Like, you, you do a half pirouette flip into inverted forward flight. It's like, yeah. like I never really thought about doing it, but I know I can do it if I tried. But, you know, it's not something I would have mm-hmm. came up, you know, trying, like, thinking it out myself. You, the, the move that I do that you that you showed me that I started doing after you was you kind of do like a stall turn, but you do like a, a half aileron roll and then you backflip. Okay. I started doing that maneuver a lot too. Okay. It's actually a nice little transition, you know? Yeah. And it, and it teaches you not orientation, but I took that maneuver that you do and I made it into the maneuvers where I practice where I'm like forward flip, half flip, and then I do a you know, an aileron roll and then a backflip and then another aileron roll the opposite way and like practicing those maneuvers that help me practice orientation. Right. Like, you know, those are the things like I got an idea from seeing your flight and how can I apply that to my flight and what? how can I like take that and learn something from it or maybe extrapolate a, something that I think is a new maneuver or something that I think is a new transition, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it happens like that. And that's yeah. how you kind of build your own style up too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You do the the half pyros and then into aileron TikToks and I've tried that a few times. Yeah. Because they're, I got that from pros do that all the time. They're ugly as sin, but <laughs> I I can do it every now and then. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean it's all inspiration, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking a lot about helicopters, but the same thing applies for airplanes. Oh, oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you can yeah, watch totally. somebody do a, you know, an aerobatic routine or something. And you might see them uh, link a couple different maneuvers together you, uh, that looks really cool. And you're like, wow, I didn't even think about that. Yep. You know, yep. I can do like I can do this and this and this. But if I combine them, 
then it makes a much better, prettier uh, flight, you know, a yeah. better maneuver, both by combining a couple things you already know how to do. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, I don't, I don't have, like, a routine, you know. You, you have, like, those, uh, the pro pilots that, that have done so many demos to music that they, they couldn't, like, develop a routine like that. Like, you know, they can. But what I do have that I notice is I have what I call set maneuvers, set pieces that I'll do like three or four maneuvers together. And I like the way they look together. So back to back, I'll do those maneuvers right into one another. And it's cool. Like to me, that's like a set piece that I do every so often, depending on where the helicopter is and what I want to do with it. I, I'll go into those maneuvers, set pieces, you know? Yeah. And it's all just different things that you try and try on the sim because it costs nothing to crash. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say um, I have a few set maneuvers. It's usually rescue throttle hold. Yeah, yeah, maneuver. yeah. Help, help, help! <laughs> rescue throttle hold into the dirt. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then click and order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my maneuver. My one of my set pieces is uh, crash and then order and then be like, crap! I started taking a helicopter part. Damn! I need to make another order. Oh, I hate that. I oh, do that geez. so often, man. I do that always all happens the time, to me all the time because I take an initial look and I'm like. Okay, spindle, oh, this, this, blades, this, this, this. Okay, this. Yeah, and then you're like, this bearing's gone. This uh-huh. this main shaft's tweaked a little. Oh, this thing's bent. Oh, this servo gear's gone. Oh, this is I'm like, oh, now, crap. See, I'm glad we did this episode because I do that all the time, and I figured I was the only one doing that. No, I'm sure a lot of us I'm do that because we jumped the gun on ordering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But, um, you know, it's all part of learning and developing your your skill set right so and bottom line having fun bottom line have fun have fun it's it's a hobby it's supposed to be fun Mm -hmm. don't get stressed out over it yeah 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 it's like i I don't know i I see some folks that get kind of angry when they crash and it's like you know it happens you have that you have to accept it Yeah. yeah i will say i mean we've been talking about all this things to do and progress some people just don't have the uh, the determination the to make it in helicopters. The drive or the determination or uh, uh, the you could call it grit. You you have to be able to have setbacks and but push forward and just you have to just be determined to figure it out. Yeah, I feel like especially right. in helicopters, especially maybe not so helicopters. much in airplanes. Yeah, but. I've known a couple people that's wanted to get into them, but they, you know, every little, every little, um, setback problem or setback was a huge, they did, they didn't know where to go or how to fix it. I was like, get on the internet and figure it out. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. what you got to do. You just, you just have to be determined. And if you don't have a little bit of patience and, and a good drive or determination, you know, yeah, yeah. It's maybe, easy to fail. Maybe another hobbies would be better. It goes yeah. hand in hand with being able to troubleshoot really well, or mm-hmm. just being able to troubleshoot and having patience for that, and the challenge aspect that I was talking about. Yeah, you know? I mean, and not only that, I want to just also include that, like you know, the community is out there, and I would sure. say ninety nine percent of the community wants to earnestly help other folks in the hobby oh yeah absolutely you know so there's don't help ever, available yeah don't ever feel like you're alone that's yeah. one thing you, that's you know funny because 
uh, Matt Boldus was on full pitch the last podcast, and uh, they mm-hmm. were talking about how uh, back in the day it was uh, chat rooms. Matt, you were a chat room back in the day before there was you know, like AOL chat rooms. Yeah, you you had no, text based chat rooms. He was talking oh, about before, like BBS, like bulletin was, boards. Yeah, I was what I thought he was talking about was the BBS. Boards. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to listen to that episode yet. So, but you know, and nowadays yeah. people people were going to Facebook or or forums and, and posting. Hey, I have a question. Like, Helly Freak, you know, you go to forums, yeah. but nowadays you get on Facebook, Facebook. instant in the group, and yeah, within within an hour, you got ten people that have a comment about you yeah. know how how to troubleshoot your problem, yeah. and you can post videos and pictures and. I mean, you can yeah. do that on the forums too, but then you gotta link it. I mean, it's so much easier now. Just link it right yeah. on Facebook. The platform's there. It's easy to do. Yes. Right. And you can get instant. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty soon we're all have, gonna have chips in our head and we'll all be part of the Borg collective. I mean, that's like the next step. I oh, think. yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll have that answer. Self driving cars, you know, we'll have yeah. internet streamed right to our brains. Yeah. It'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> until we all get a virus and we all just die from it or some shit we all like reboot and die do you want to talk about anything else before we move to news and announcements no let's move to news and announcements all right news and announcements what do we got news and announcements all right so glad he was here i forgot this one last week mm-hmm. the uh spectrum smart chargers batteries. yeah you guys see this mm-hmm. no i didn't see this yeah, they're like little chargers and stuff. It's cool. It's like batteries with, uh, a, uh, I guess, like a chip in mm-hmm. them. So when you plug them into the charger, the charger knows yeah. There's everything about the battery. Smart batteries, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and it's pretty cool because I think the, the battery connectors itself... Um, it has a it has a data yeah, uh, yeah, right? plug, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're backwards compatible with the EC3s and uh, EC5s, I believe. You just wouldn't get the telemetry data and stuff. Yep. And the uh, I think the chargers are uh, based on the ISDT. Yeah, that's what they look like to me. That's uh, what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's it it's neat, especially for uh, I'm thinking more like the beginners and. Uh, People that are getting into the phone planes and stuff, and maybe, you know, this, I figure this is one less thing you got to learn and figure out when you start. I mean, you eventually need to learn all about battery chemistry anyway. Well, this is great for the kids that grew up on Common Core Math trying to figure out how to charge a 2C, right? <laughs> <laughs> just it's mind uh, blown. Uh-huh. Just plug it in. No, this looks really cool, dude. I think it's really cool too, because they also offer like a DC power supply, um, a DC charger with you could buy a thirty amp power supply. You know, that's mm-hmm. variable. Yeah, it's like everything you need. Yeah. Um, I think I don't see it now, but I think these batteries will automatically go to storage after a preset time or like a adjustable time. I would assume so. So you could set it like, uh, you know, four days or whatever. It'll start slowly draining it down to storage. Yeah, yeah. You could set these things for auto storage, they call it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it does have that feature. And it's very similar to um, DJI batteries. If you leave them for a certain amount of time, they all it starts to just Mm -hmm. drain itself enough to get it to storage and stay there. So it's pretty nice. But that'll be cool because I don't know how many of these older guys – 
just charge their batteries when they're done flying and they leave them sitting. Yeah. Till the yep. time they fly, whether it's a week or a month or six months. I'm guilty of it. Me too. No. No, I'm guilty of it. My batteries are not smart, dude. My batteries are <laughs> I full bet retard. You, I, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. You leave your packs charged up all the time? Not all the time, but I bet you if I go out to my uh, garage right now and look at a couple of my 12S packs, I'm sure one of them is probably <laughs> at 4.1. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm geez. sure one of my packs is. You know? I mean, yeah. I, I'm not the best with the batteries. I just, you know, I have full intentions of flying it, and then when I charge them up and I forget that they're charged, they send my battery back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know? It's not the best thing, but... I, I hear am, you. I've done it, but I try not to let them go more than a couple days. If I can yeah, that. I try not to let it go more than a week, which is probably a week too long. <laughs> you know? we, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. I uh, think you're all right. I think I've let mine go a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Full, I mean, I mean it, it, it's fine. I mean, but you are losing capacity. Just know yeah. that. I so thought you were going to say that something that battery <laughs> is charged, it's lose. It's... It's losing capacity. Yeah. Right, you're going to accelerate it by leaving it full charged. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But yeah. What did you what think else? I was going to say? You're going to burn your house down? No, no, no. So that's fine. You can do it, but it helps. <laughs> oh, jeez. You don't have to put your batteries on storage, but it helps. <laughs> just, just uh, add a half a second longer pause. More pause, okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so what else we got here? We got some Flight Fest stuff, huh? Yes, Flight Fest South in Texas. Yeah, and look at where it's being held. Apache I Pass. I know, I saw that. Mm, yeah. Apache Pass. Very interesting. That is interesting because I've always heard of this place and I never knew what it looked like. So now from the video, that hopefully mm-hmm. we'll see tons of video from this event. Yeah, there's a huge fun fly down there, uh, a buddy, Kenny Sierra. Uh-huh. It's right. on uh, in the, uh, when is it? In the fall? It was recently, was it? Um, when is that fun I, I thought it was springtime, spring. but I think it may be spring. You have been out no, of it for a long I think, time. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I've been out of it for a while. I just always remember Heli's over Apache Pass. Yep. Right. Yep, me too. Oh. Yeah, it's, uh, let's see, when did I say? November 1st through the 4th. So it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You can go to flatfest.com forward slash Texas and they have all the info there and you can pre register and do all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, nice. If you've never been to a flatfest, no matter what uh, you fly or what uh, uh, discipline of the RC hobby you're in, you really should go check it out because it's, uh, I think everyone should attend at least one flatfest. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I would say is um, if you are a heli only pilot, just to manage your expectations that this is a beginner fun fly with a lot of airplanes and a lot of kids flying airplanes that don't particularly um, can tell if they're in your flight box or not. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> true. So just, you know, like I don't want like hardcore diehard, you know, heli. Yeah, no hardcore diehard heli guys going to go to this, but you they should know. Just check you it out. Know. You never know. They might be like, oh, yeah, I heard it. And he was talking about it. So I want to go check it out. And then it's like, holy crap. 
You know, it's like <laughs> it was so scary to fly a helicopter there because everyone is just everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's true, but it is it is a fun uh Well take a break and fly a plane. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah take fun. a a foamy plane yeah, that you yeah, don't make care sure, about. Yeah, make sure it's something you don't care about. Not a you know, uh you know don't quarter take scale. Your, <laughs> yeah, don't take your giant scale gasser there. But take I a mean, take a couple foam planes and just mm-hmm. throw them out and fly around. If you crash, so what? Yep, yep. It it is a pretty crazy event, though. I mean, you know, you, we we talk about like Urcha, right? And Urcha is such a huge event for helicopters. You got like you know, whatever eight hundred pilots or a thousand pilots or whatever the number is. I went to Urcha. Flyfest felt bigger. It yeah, it is. There's more people at Flyfest, no yeah. doubt. More spectators, more pilots, um, just yeah, more. It's you know, it's definitely a sight. Less, less organized and more people. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely less organized, and that's you know. But I think they're getting better with that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think the la- there's one uh, I heard him talking. They kind of had uh, a fence with gates to sort mm-hmm. of uh, pe- make people use flight stations. I guess. Yeah. Because I remember when I was there in, what was that, 2015, mm-hmm. just everybody just run up and flew. Just oh, yeah, just plane. right to the fly, yeah. flight Whatever. line. And just you could be plane. landing. They'd run right out in front of you and throw something. I yep. mean, it didn't matter. Yeah. It was literally a free-for-all. And, and that comes with because, you know, a lot of the the, the folks flying there were very green, right? They were very sure, near. they didn't so, know. I mean, they didn't know so, any better. Yeah. So, so It's still fun. It is. It's still a great event. Don't let's you know take that away from them. It's it's a fun event. I definitely recommend checking it out. Check it out. All sure. right. What else do we have? The FAA Reauthorization Act. Yeah, oh boy. Signed into law this mm-hmm. week, and I literally have been out of the loop and out of everything, so I haven't read all the stuff about it. So I can't tell you what's changing or what's happening or anything about it other than it passed, which we all assumed it would. Yeah. Uh, I think for the most part, immediately, nothing's really changing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's correct. Nothing changes right now. But when the law starts to take effect, I don't know what that's going to mean yet. Yeah, we don't know. You know, it can be nothing or it can be our hobby's dead. You know, as far as that, like it could be two extremes in my opinion but we'll see hopefully it's somewhere in between and it's not too bad yep probably somewhere in between it it, hobby won't be dead just yet per se even though they're trying but it probably won't be uh, i don't know there'll be there'll be some problem i just know there will be it wouldn't be the government if they didn't create some sort of problem well it'll be somebody who comes in and says you know, we got enough money from companies and there's enough technology there. But see, here's the thing that I, aside from, I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen right now that we know, you know, at this point in time we're at, you know, they want us to put transponder on our helicopters so they know where we're at. Well, here's my whole thing about that is, you know, I don't want to go down a whole huge debate road, but you know, if, if these things are intelligent, why can't you just tell them, Hey, there's a, there's a flying club there that's registered with the AMA. Just have your shit fly around it, and you won't have any problems. The or, problem is it's not the hobbyists. They're looking at the people that don't abide by the law. And those people 
aren't going to be the ones buying the transponders. Well, I was going to say, but you know? so that changes absolutely nothing. No, that's that's the whole point, though. That's what. <laughs> no matter what law you put in effect, yeah, yeah. they're not going to even know about it, so they don't care. They're not going to care, yeah. Even if they know about it, they're not going to care. You know how many people that are like, oh, you know, like, I even work with them, like, oh, you, you fly drones? No, I fly 3D helicopters, but sure, I have a drone. I was like, oh, you should bring it in. We should fly it near the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm like, no, I will get arrested instantly from doing that. But they don't know and they don't care. They're like, why? Who cares? Just fly it. It'll be fun. Yeah. You know, and like that's the mindset of of our future generations, right? They're just kind of like, eh, we'll deal with the problems later. Let's just have fun now, right? Mm-hmm. Or or if it's going to be along the lines of, you know, that's a um, an aircraft or an air vehicle and you know, companies, if they're going to start shipping stuff via drone and you get people out there that are like, hey, there's something going by and I don't know what it is. And, you know, these guys are they're showing up on your front porch and stealing packages as it is, you know, and they're worried about people shooting down the drones or snagging the drones somehow, you know, they're, they're going to make it a ginormous offense or a huge, you know, transaction or investigation when something comes out of the air, you know, like when when they're shipping stuff via drone. I don't uh-huh. know. I don't know. You know, are we going to get to that point in society where it's like, oh, those are drones. You know, we can't touch those things. You know, or I see. I don't. I don't understand it because I think there's enough airspace there, but we we rarely go above 200 feet. You know, unless we're FPV or something, or unless we're flying a drone. You know, with helis and airplanes, how high are we up? Maybe three hundred. Well, no, I don't we, even think we, it's we that four hundred. We have four hundred feet. Well, giant scale planes and the gl- and gliders, sail planes uh-huh. go, you know, thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand. That's yeah. not uncommon for a sailplane. So a four hundred foot limit will really suck for them. You know, when we do like big autos and stuff, then you know, Devin gets up there. But I mean, the intelligence is going to be there, right? It's already there. DJI has already programmed it into where you can't fly around the nation's capital or parks or certain things. So that's definitely going to be programmed into any autonomous delivery system that Amazon is going to have or Google's going to have. So just like I was saying, you know, I don't see how it's going to affect us if we're on an AMA sanctioned field and, you know, we're, we're, doing what we're doing and we're flying yeah there. but you have to understand that the, the lawmakers aren't looking at they're they're grouping all of us together whether we're ama or whether we're rogue you know dji palace let's just say like you know so we're all being grouped together and when they see someone doing something stupid with a phantom or a spark or a mavic air or whatever they're gonna say look see these hobbyists they don't follow the rules we need to ban them from flying at all because the airspace is not safe. And then that's when it kills the hobby for everyone. Where we're like, oh, we can't fly. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Then we have to all start collecting stamps. I don't see it coming to that. But then I will just move on to my second hobby, which is alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, boy. Jeez. So, anyways... Let's not harbor on that too much. Yeah, let's let's we... move on to some other sad news that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this this, this comes from yeah, it comes from Mark Ritchie. I meant to mention it last week, but I wasn't on. They had a mascot that used to come out to the flight stations with them or the flying field, you know, every time. And uh, so he had a little post it was kind of sad, but uh, he said uh, they had another great day out at DACA. It wasn't the same without their old mate Napoleon. Um, they got some sad news that he passed away and, uh, 
it was a guy named Russ. Uh, it was his dog, Russ. Um, and he, they enjoyed every weekend uh, that the pooch was out there for many years. Mm-hmm. So um, sorry to hear that. But, you know, yeah. goes back to what we what we say when we hear news like this, you know, spend the time you, you have with everybody and, you know, make the be- make the most of it, make the best of it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Enjoy life while while it's here. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh-huh. And the next bit of news I had that I saw on YouTube was the company called Printerbot, Print Rbot. Yeah, Printerbot is dead. That guy, he's done. He closed up uh, shop, and that that whole company is Chapter Eleven now. I think. Wow, he had a really good printer too. He had a good printer. Uh, it was kind of strange the YouTube video I saw. Because he was talking about how much everything meant to him and how much the people meant to him. But then he was like, you know, the people that have stuff on order kind of F them. He was like, it was really weird interview. Oh, man, that's, that's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, you know, he might be back to do stuff. But, uh, you know, and he was kind of like, I guess he was kind of bashing the, the Prusa a little bit. He said he didn't, didn't like it. He said he didn't like the looks of it. So I can't really say anything, you know, negative about this guy. Because he doesn't like the way it looks, some, something looks, you know. Um, but that's pretty superficial. But you know, I think I I almost bought the printer bot when it first mm-hmm. came out. But when when you have something that the reason I bought the Lulz bot was because of James Bruton on on YouTube. He still prints to this day with them those machines, dude. And it was just I don't know. Maybe I didn't find the guy that used the printer bot model, or I would have bought a printer bot. But then you know when when you got the the tried and true Prusa that's out there, man, and everybody's cloning that, and just that's just a great machine. Mine still amazes me to this day, and it was, you know, a handmade one that I got. You know, just so I don't know. You really can't when you sit on the sidelines. I I I shouldn't even say that because he did come up with the the kind of conveyor belt thing uh, as a print bed in the last like couple of years. Mm-hmm. To where, you know, your your prints were coming off a conveyor belt style and you could just keep printing, you know, you could print. You know who developed that stuff? Who, who developed it? MakerBot had it. Their first cupcake or uh, thingomatic oh, had, really? a, had a bed that would uh, rotate it. It was like on a thing and had a motor. Like my the old one that I had, the wooden yeah. one, had a motor and it would slide the piece off the, dead, off the bed and it would then you can print more. Well, this was like a continuous conveyor belt, and the way mm. that the the way it was it was strange the way the the nozzle was mounted. It was kind of like on a forty five, and it was weird. Like, oh, that's um, weird. Yeah, it was a weird layout, but you could get extra long prints out of it. Like you could just get an unlimited like long print. Right, right. I guess to a point, but yeah, I was I was I was kind of surprised to see that video, you know, of that being a company that's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also have some other bad news. Damn it. Kinda. Yeah, so this was sent to us by um Hilda Flyer. And uh-huh. uh it's one of his uh his what he calls a YouTube hero. Okay. Um basically passed away. He was a young kid. I think he was um hmm. he was born in ninety four to twenty eighteen, so what is that? I can't do math right now. Twenty four years old? He was born in 2018. What? He was born in 94 and died in 18 this year. Oh. So he was 24. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Sam Shepard, 
who was uh who did tons of YouTube videos was definitely a super smart kid, um very talented. I think he passed away from like a motorcycle accident or something. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I saw I saw the you know, he linked the video and I tried watching it, but dude, it was super sad. Like I couldn't do it. <laughs> you know. I don't I can't even imagine what his dad um was going through. But he he uh was he made a lot of um videos on airplanes and you know and was definitely very you know out there like as far as like you know stuff that he did and he was just popular and it just kind of sucks that someone so young and talented passed away you know yeah so yeah man yeah i'm looking at his videos now i mean he's got you know rockets airplanes yeah yeah he did all that dirt bikes full-scale stuff Mm -hmm. Mhm. that sucks man yeah so you know condolences to the family and um yeah rest in peace so I have seen a few of his videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3D printed pod thing. It's like flying wing pod. Some of his 3D printed rockets. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It's, that's he's yeah. That sucks. All right. So let's uh, move it on. Um, what's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Steve? Or Andy? Uh, mine's pretty quick and easy. I'm going to work on the Tortuga and the launcher. So those are those things, and I gotta get that FT Edge plane finished off. It's so close; it's all yeah. ready to go, pretty much. I just gotta do two linkages and glue and some, you know, control horns. I got a chance to see that this weekend. Looked pretty good, dude. Thanks. Yeah, can't wait to uh, fly it and crash it. Nice. <laughs> uh, what about you, Andy? Finish up this Soxu review. Yeah. And we're supposed to get some rain, so maybe I'll be able to sneak out and get a couple of flats this week. Mm-hmm. Probably fly the Oxy, um, yeah. just because it's easy. I can throw it in a truck. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much all I've got. Not a whole lot. What about you, yeah. Kevin? I am going to work on the 550 some more. Uh, I got whatever I needed for that. Um, oh, I got to order, order some more stuff for that, but um, just going to finish the the main frame and um, maybe work on the 3D printed stuff, the planes. I'm, I need some servos for that, like I said, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I want to get some flying in, in for sure, man. Yeah, me too. How will um, those uh, 3D or three? How will those 3D printed planes fare in the cold weather, like in the winter? You think they'll be brittle and break, or will they hold up pretty well? Yeah, I think they'll be brittle. I don't know. I've I've had them in my garage through the winter, and I think. Yeah, but you haven't stressed them out by putting load on the wings, and like if no. you're flying, it's super cold, and you you do a snap roll, will the wings fall off? And it's gonna yeah. snap like Steve Austin's spacecraft hitting the ground, dude. At the beginning, <laughs> a six million dollar man. Just wondering. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Um, She's breaking up. She's breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of the things I forgot to mention is, uh, isn't there a fun fly in Connecticut this weekend? Saturday, I believe. It's a one-day event in Connecticut. I don't know. I believe so. I unfortunately can't make it. It's my wife's birthday this Friday, and then I actually have to do some work. We're doing some cutovers on uh, Saturday morning, so i got to kind of manage that portion of it on the IT side. So that should be interesting. 
You got to work, Steve? I didn't think you worked. <laughs> I do. Just that one week out of the year that he works. Oh, dude. okay. I see. <laughs> but when I do work. He works hard. I, 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 I do a damn good job at it. <laughs> that they only need me once a week. <laughs> one, one, one week a year. <laughs> it's like, year. It's, yeah, what is it? It's like the uh, reserves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> two weekends a year is the reserves. Yeah, yeah. It's like two weekends a month. No, no, no it's like one weekend one, a month, two mm. weeks a year or something like that, right? Yep. Yeah. Are you ready to wrap it up? We're ready to wrap it up. Wrap I'm it not. up. All right. Okay, so we have Facebook likes, 823. That's plus three this week. Since wow. Since was a net zero for some reason. Um, and I will read the names. Definitely need the music on this first name I'm going to butcher. So, sorry. I am going to butcher your name. There's a lot of apostrophes and lines and weird things. I don't know. But The butcher. Yeah, so here we go. Lee Dentai? Maybe? Yeah, close enough. That's Peter Hawkins bad. and Ronald uh, Kessler. Kessler. Yeah, I don't know if I read this one last week. Ian Woods. Did I read that name last week? Ian Woods? Uh, hmm. I don't know. I don't think you read any names last week because you were like, oh, we'll just wait for Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we didn't do Ian Woods. Uh, Antonio Casillas. I think we read that one. I know we definitely did um, Jericho Byrne. Jericho Byrne. Yeah, yeah. Jericho but, Byrne. Uh, yeah, Ian looks like he's from, uh, he lives in South Australia. So another Australian. Nice. Pretty awesome. And he plays guitar. Nice. Picture. So pretty cool. All right, thanks for everyone who liked us on Facebook and following us on Facebook. What do we have for Facebook comments? All right, Facebook comments. You knew I was going right to this one, dude. dude our, buddy, our buddy, Jared Mincy, he left us one of the best comments. It was fantastic. He said, I want to take a minute to thank all you guys, and not just us, all uh-huh. of the guys that are doing podcasts, Yes, who go above and beyond to push podcasts and new content. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't listen to free fall bk full pitch rc heli hooligans and Teleroder. thanks for doing your thing and pushing unlimited heli info out to us yeah man thank you so among uh the guys that commented man uh andrew lack said these podcasts have entertained me on all of the long drives to fun flies this summer steve said thanks for listening and the kind words guys hope you're all having fun listening as we are having fun making it chris nut said yeah hats off to those guys it's a, it's a commitment to do it every week. Uh, it's a lot of work to do what they do. Uh, Ronald Kessler, who just liked this, said, I've been binge listening to all those podcasts that you mentioned, and they're doing a great job. Patrick Freeman said, agreed. Uh, those guys are dedicated to keeping the hobby fun and inf- informative for me. Frank Mordeos, uh said, thank you for those kind words, Jared. Uh, Sherman Martin said, definitely those they deserve thanks. Rodney Gullett said, the only thing keeps me sane for my one-hour work commute. Thanks to you guys. Jimmy Jones said, I'm humbled <laughs> by all the kind words. Thank you guys for listening. Ed Johnson said he always enjoys getting behind the mic and glad that everybody enjoys listening to the content they put out there. Robert Monty said, thanks for taking time and, and listening. Uh, you the listeners keep us going. Uh, Michael Shaggy Parkner 
uh, Michael Shaggy Parker, Mike DePaulo, and Telerotor Podcast. Um, I said thanks for the kind words, and it's you know it's it's the guys that are out there listening that uh, gives us something to talk about, and uh, you know creating the whole RC family for us all. And Serge Brodsky said really enjoyed full pitch, pitch podcast. It was uh, first time listening this evening, and he'd be sure to follow and tune into the new episodes. So uh, awesome post, Jared, and thanks so much for any, everybody who commented, and it's it. it just man it's like uh it's like a hot summer day and you're having that iced tea that's really cool and you're like man i love liquids you know it's just like gave me <laughs> that feeling where i was like man this is awesome just like rejuvenated me all all together reading that whole thing it was fantastic man thanks so much awesome thanks everyone and the reason i was laughing at frank mordios is uh comment is because frank had some comments back and forth i i, I didn't bring it up uh, in front of me, but uh, it was funny. We were all busting Frank about how to say his last name. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty funny. <laughs> that was that was fun. One thing I want to also mention too. It's I guess part of faithful comments. It's uh, uh Bobby shared his uh, our post on his episode. Oh, and okay. he did. He did put up message saying, "I recently had the pleasure of chatting with Steve and Andy from the Free Farsi Podcast. This was definitely the most in depth interview I've done in a while. Hope you all enjoy." Thanks again for having me, guys. I'd uh, be happy to come back anytime. See you at Torches Winter Bash. Um, I hope I can make it to the Torches Winter Bash. Can't guarantee that, but um, it was awesome that um, you know that Bobby took the time to come on our show and and you know share his experience with us and our listeners and stuff. So yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. And the one I read uh, from Jared is on the RCLE Hangout uh, mm-hmm. group. And yep. he tagged us in it, so yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that's all the podcast guys out there, man. Yeah, and you know, it's definitely it's awesome. You know, we have so many, you know, brothers in arms now with you know that are doing the podcast. You know, so it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Cool. What else do we have here? We have website comments. Cool. What do we have for website comments? Uh, I didn't see anything new on the website. All right. Except someone. Uh, Wrote us an email about getting a brand new iPhone XS, extra large, small Max. Phone. <laughs> extra, extra small Max. Extra yeah. small, large Max phone. Jeez, <laughs> oh, what the hell? I don't know. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I I enjoy my SX extra small Max phone. <laughs> People of Podbean, you say, Steve? Well, since you guys didn't read it last week, we had a few. More than normal activity, posts, comments, whatever you want to call it, on hey, Podbean. Hey, Kevin, it's hard to find good help nowadays. It right? is. It is. <laughs> you know, you don't have to find good help, but it helps. <laughs> um, so Jericho Byrne, BVGHJ, whatever you want to call that guy, he was on fire this week, and he liked episodes 139, Loctite for Life, 141, Northeast Mono Helicopter Jamboree. He must have had some time off. F- 143, Hell, he's gone wild. Uh, 144, Winter Nights. Uh, Doug Bow and Mike Welch liked episode 145. High Voltage with Bobby Watts. <laughs> uh, John Wicker, 1023, started following us. Andrews Glenn, 924, liked episode 144, Winter Nights. Jeep World, 2002, started following us. Mm-hmm. And... Priya Sexy started following us. 
Oh, All right. Boy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I said this last time, but Tony Macbeth 80 liked my episode. My episode, Bring Back the Planks. Or no, nice. that was Kevin and Planks. So, sorry, it's not my, my episode. All right. And as far as popping comments go, I'm going to read from 14 days ago, right? So, two weeks worth. Uh, we have Jared4454, 13 days ago, says, Can't wait for Frank's Fun Fly. We can't either. Jeepro2002 said, Kevin, I think your inner self is telling you need a new transmitter by tipping over it. Tipping by it over. Tripping over it. Yeah. Tripping over it. Uh, your inner self wants a new V control, maybe even a new touch one next time. Leave it where dog can't knock it off the table. <laughs> okay. That would explain why I tripped over the lottery thing at the deli, too, because <laughs> my inner self is telling me I need to win the lottery. Yeah, yeah, that too, for sure. Also. <laughs> uh, let's see, 12 days ago, Jeepro said, Damn, Andy, can't you sim while your tractor drives itself? Aren't tractors automated nowadays? I don't know, are they? Uh, sort of. Okay, let's see here. Jeepro 2012 days. Rob, they make an N7 turbine conversion, or at least I've seen one on Halley Freak. That's pretty cool. Uh, 12 days ago, Jeepro. Or Rob, do a turbo logo. Turgo Turbine Logo 700. Winky smile face, that'd be badass. 11 days, Jeepro 2002. Okay, winner after 12 years of flying, I own a radio warm transmitter glove with the Hobby King heater and heat, and heat pads. My wife keeps supplying me with instant hand warmers, toe warmers, are a must too. Uh, okay, I own a canoe and used to go catfishing in the middle of the night on canoe, so I bought a 5-pound, 1.5-gallon propane tank um, and a Harbor Freight Infrared burner. It can infrared. blow out. Yeah, infrared burner. Yep. Uh, it can blow out the wind. It can be blown out by the wind, so it sucks no wind. But yeah, get close oh. to it. Okay. Um, and then Jeep Roll 2002, 11 days ago. Raga has a nice transmitter glove that uses truck batteries and an umbilical cord. I used to turn on the transmitter inside the glove, get a hold, unplug the heater, and then move heli to flight line and walk back to put the glove back on the hands and fly. It's, yes, it's very awkward. HK Hobby King has a thinner, lightweight version. His other club mate uses, but it's flimsy. Uh, worst part of the glove is the top screen part gets in the way. So uh, yeah. I built a stick structure to keep the screen part of the glove spaced. Okay, that's a little gap on there. Uh, never used to have an uh, issue with cold. Then I got partial frostbite. Ooh, and my fingers freeze up like an ice cube. Ooh, and finger joints hurt. That's got to suck, so got to use a glove. Plus, the glove makes uh, great lipo warmers until I get, the, get to the club. That's a good idea. Use that as a lipo warmer, too. Yeah. Let's see, I made my HK heater controller with multi pluggable so I can use 12 volt in the car as a warmer or a 20 foot umbilical cord to fly with heat. So that's pretty cool too. And he plugs in a Dean XC60 plug into a 3S2200. Problem is the HK control doesn't read voltage so you will over discharge so he added a Windows beeper voltage checker. So yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, Doug Bo five days ago says Bobby is the man. Bobby is the man. Yep. And then Jeepro 2002, four days ago, says, Great episode. Missed you, Kevin. Still great with Steve and Andy. Bobby, we should talk. I have some Heli Hobby related stuff to make. Maybe bounce some ideas off. Yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. 
for the comments. What do we have for iTunes review? I see nothing new on iTunes. Drop us an iTunes review and we'll read the review in the next episode. Email us at free4rc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4rc podcast. Check out our webpage, free4rc podcast.show. Dot show. Say hi to Chris Rybert. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. We'll probably never update the website because I'm tired of updating websites. Oh. <laughs> no, nah, maybe I'll do it. This what winter, is- maybe I'll do it. Who's uh, the Debbie Downer of the show? <laughs> uh, flight test forums off the field audio and video production other than flight test podcast free for podcast sitting next to our friends the ft community cast hey mike and pat and our buddy dave yeah see how to dave uh let's see free fall like rc heli hangouts.com forum under rc heli hangouts main section podcast corner and free for podcast sitting next to our friends the rc heli hooligans podcast hey walt ned full pitch podcast i gotta let andy do this he Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Uh, Frank and Scott. Yeah. Uh, Telerotor Podcast. I got I gotta turn to Andy again. He had the great names for everybody. No, I, I got to hear you screw it up first. Yes, uh, yes. Then I'll correct you. Uh, Shaggy <laughs> Nick and, and Mike. Dick. Where did Nick come from? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> eh, you're kind of right. I was shaving earlier. I thought of Nick. Yeah, yeah. What did I say last week? Mike Grumpy DePaulo and uh, Robert Megaphone Monte and uh, Michael Shaggy Parker. Yep. And our friends, the BKRC Podcast. Bert and Kyle. And then Bobby Watts and the High Voltage Podcast. High Voltage! (laughs) I gotta work (laughs) on that. Yeah. If you haven't listened, check it out. It's a it's a hoot. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Free your skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. Next time. Until next time, stay tuned. We will catch you later. On the flip side. Oh, the flip side. Nobody knows what a flip side is anymore. Later, Alex. B side B, yeah. B side hit. Mm-hmm. I usually like the B sides better than the the other side, the one hit wonder side. Oh boy, I never owned a record player. Oh my god, what? Exactly. You youngins, uh. Victrola. <laughs> you never had a record player? Nope. What do you expect from the youngest one of the crew? I know. It, well, it always. Well, you know what? When you leave this metro area, it's like going back in time. So I just assumed everybody still had record players and cassette tapes and shit. K-marks, nah, not anymore. I had plenty phones. of cassettes, but never a record player. How about 8-track? Mm, played with Driving one. around a Mustang 2s. It was one in my grandmother's basement. like a Going to Tasty Freeze. I guess she, there was a record player there, but she had no records. But she had 8-tracks. I had a big one of those big stationary stereo. My Buick Regal had an HR. Well, not mine. I was going to say, yeah, Buick Regal. Hey, get the keys off out of the parlor, off the credenza for the Buick, and we're going to go to two guys. (laughs) We're going to get the kids' school clothes. (laughs) Awesome. All right. (laughs) 
After that, we're going to go stop by Jack in the Box. Well, the the show about nothing. Jack in the Box is still out there. Two and hours. And then Toys R Us, maybe Child World, we'll stop at. Child World and Radio Shack. And Radio Shack, yep. I miss Radio Shack. Me too. I'm going to pick up some paint at Rickle. I went there like every other week to get like a switch or a fuse or something. Yeah, resistor uh, resistors or something. Resistors are shit. big, yeah. LEDs. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what killed Radio Shack was the internet. Amazon. Yeah, the but I internet. can't. I, internet doesn't get me a resistor the hour that I need it. Yep. No, but how many people need it that hour? Me. Me. When you can buy when you when one resistor is a dollar twenty five and you can buy ten of them online for a dollar twenty five. Doesn't matter. I need it right now. I'll pay premium price for premium Ugh. service. Well, all right. So you guys kept Radio Shack above water for the last ten years, single handedly. I really think I did because every time I went in there, even though <laughs> I, I went really for like a dollar resistor or a dollar LED, I would come out there spending like forty bucks. Yeah, yeah, and they were <laughs> damn happy to see you go in too. You know what? This was my last visit that when I needed something at Radio Shack. Sir, can I help you? Yes, I need a resistor now. I can't wait an hour. I need it right now. Okay, well we have him here, sir. All right, it's time to check out. That'll be a dollar twenty-five. I need your phone number for the free battery. I'm out of here. I can't take it anymore. I don't. I'm not giving you my phone number. <laughs> so I left it on the counter and I ordered it online. Really? Phone number? What? That was, that was it. You can't yeah, just say, your, I don't give no. my phone number out. Yeah. I just wanted your number for yeah, a free battery it's like, or it's like when you go to Micro Center and they're like, can we get your email and your phone number and your address so we can put you in the system and you can have a, a receipt? And I'm like, no. 8675309. Well, I was going to say, my, my, my number is 1234567. I just say no. Why bother? Why just even bother say saying no? Just say no. All right. McGruff's the dog have, says no. No. Just say I don't have a phone. <laughs> yeah. Tell him that. So, yeah, I don't have a phone. Or I don't have technology. I don't have email. I'm a young guy. I don't have a phone or a driver's license. Uh, or a record player, for that matter. <laughs> <sighs> How about that? Kevin TV. Remember David Lee Roth? I love Dave. Diamond Dave. The man, the myth, the legend. Little Elvis, David Lee Roth, man. Remember him? And he would have the videos that everybody loved? Hmm. Now, if I were to do a video. Yeah. I'm going to call these guys. A new episode. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Guys, stop talking about him. What did you think? I wasn't going to find out that you guys were online? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that was totally that was the plan that was totally the plan kevin because you know i didn't just start this chat and invited you so damn it you found out that i invited you to the chat well <sighs> i was having a nice conversation with our listeners i heard and not once did i say f you steve like someone told <laughs> me last week <laughs> kevin couldn't be here so f you kevin yeah, man. You missed more episodes than we've been on. I was pissed, bro. I was really legitimately pissed because I was like, yeah. damn it, I, I want to talk to Bobby. I know. He was, he was actually, he was very cool to like interview and just talk, chat with on the show for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
free fall Gmail. Let's see, did he email us? Andy, no? you pulling my lariat? <laughs> I don't know what a lariat is, but I'd pull it. <laughs> it's that damn thing you guys, the cowboys use. Oh, the yeah, okay. I'm on a fucking cowboy. I don't know all that shit. A rope you like lasso stuff with. Damn, you're closer to being a cowboy than I am. Yeah. Which I guess doesn't say much. I mean, I did have uh, cows, so I mean, I guess I could have been a cowboy, but I don't know. I could have been a cowboy, baby. That's right. That's right. Wait a minute. First of all, holy fucking, you gotta be smoking crack, dude. You gotta be shitting me. Yeah, that's that's some shit right there. In the immortal words of John Wayne, it's getting to be re-goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on. It was Steve. All along, it was Steve. More people leave the hobby because of Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, more people get into the hobby because of Steve, which definitely outweighs the people that are leaving the hobby. I wonder if somebody pissed him off like, you know how those heli guys are. <laughs> yeah, we're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need an undercover investigation. What the fuck's going on? Hi, I'm Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but get how he's... naked in someone else's kitchen. You can't tell me this is your first time. <laughs> Why do you have a bag of condoms? Why do you have a bag of condoms and a box of wine? A bag of condoms and a Snickers bar. Or something. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Uh, you know how many crazy things are running through my head. Uh, how do the fuck do I make this ever? ever whatever fucking thing record two different files Kevin I don't think it does record two different files it'll record one file but your voice will be on one side like on the left channel and then everybody else will be on the right channel oh okay but it's still one Andy. file <laughs> but it's still one file yeah. and you can separate okay. it when you edit so yes you, okay well, that's all I need to know Kevin thank you it's not good old Ralph Vader involved. <laughs> be drumming that up. Thank Kevin. you. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin. You're the man. 